This is a fourth hand production. Probably been like eight years old or something, but like I was just like, this is not rocking at all. That and I was so mad because the cover was so cool. I'm like, this music does not sound like that cover. Like that cover, yeah, yeah, yeah. At all. This false advertising. We wasted <laughs> our money on this crappy C or cassette. And ever since then, I'm like, man, fuck me, love. That's he made he was hilarious. great. He was great in Fight Club. I'll give him that. Yeah, you know, I don't remember him in Fight Club. I remember in Wayne's World when he was Bob like had the bitch fucking. Tits. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental? I don't uh, know planes that they're building. Police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. There's this weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome everybody to Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Josh. Oh. So silhouette over there. Um, I almost brought up weather yet again until I had to stop myself and go, well, let's not fucking ask how the weather is. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> the weather outside is weather. The weather is January 20-whatever. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah, at least the inversion cleared up a little bit. Did yeah. it? I was going to say, holy shit, that's one thing I do not miss about no. Salt Lake. Oof, it's terrible. A, so. uh, we had some lady in the bar yesterday just because we don't have high point because it's all draft utah whatever yeah yeah it's like well i'm from california and we're just not used to five percent we oh, always drink fucking move back to california years. she's like yeah we just moved here so we're still exploring i'm like you fucking bitch i'm like go <laughs> move back to california i know i've had enough of you already and i don't even oh know who you God. are well we're from california uh, go back there then yeah also, you got oh fuck I, you guys are getting inundated man you're oh, adding to the inversion had a a drink in California. It's not really that much different. No, from it's, what I remember, California, it's not. No, I mean, they ca- get all Californians the same beers and on Texans draft. like to you think know? it is, though. Yeah, what's yeah. that? Yeah, Californians and Texans like to think it is, though. Yeah, well, you always, you, know. you always, being a bartender in Utah, you always they'll let you know if they're from California or Texas. Oh, I know. First thing, right? Yeah, you know? I'm from California. I've, <laughs> I already knew it when you walked in the door. <laughs> yeah, obviously, you're, you're a cunt. Oh, <laughs> when you God. asked for a double and I was like, I can't do that. And you threw a shit fit. I kind of figured. Yeah. That's fucking figured. funny. I, like, you know, like 5%. And I've never met, and, and, no, and I, no offense to Texas. I like, I got a lot of Texas friends, you know, from the Navy days, shit like that. I, mean, I, I love Texas and California. Yeah. yeah they both yeah. have Not great qualities about yeah. them. But the people, certain people just have this, especially like the Texans, man, like everything's big in Texas. Well, so is their ego. Like even my buddies just have, I, I don't, I can't explain it. I can't like, as far as they're concerned, Texas should be its own little country over here and well, we're is. holding them down. It, it's just weird. I don't know. It's just weird. It, they, uh, heart, they are, they're fetishizing the days of like two weeks in the early 1800s when it was its own country before it got admitted into the union. Yeah. Yeah. Probably like, touche. Y'all, it wasn't the Lone Star Republic for very long. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's fucking yeah. relax. Yeah. That oh. was just my little vent. Oh my God. That lady was just grinding my gears last night. <laughs> were they it's like, and when, like when she said we just moved here, I was like, Oh, I thought like you're going to be like, yeah, we're just here for what skiing or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like the weekend. Like, yeah. Thing. We just moved here. I'm like, fuck. Probably in my old apartment. They probably live in Palladio. Fucking probably on them. So Jesus Get Christ, off my lawn outsiders. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking right. <laughs> well, um, so yeah, um, all venting aside. So this is our first news episode for season six. So everybody stand by. We got some stuff for you. Um, and then Patreon related. We're going to have special, what, probably 30 minutes or so Patreon. We're going to throw another couple news episodes just for you guys. So if you're a Patreon member, stand by. We do have a couple added Patreons. Um, thank you. You know who you are. We actually had a few. Um, don't know, you know, you, you heard us from, I don't know, somewhere, you know, I've been trying to advertise a little bit more for three guys who fucking hate social media. We're not doing bad to be honest with you. So, you know, there's that, but yeah, yeah. Uh, John, you had something, I think 
Oh, it's not you? that important. Don't lead it up like that. Oh, okay. Well, never mind, John. Fuck off. Um, let's <laughs> talk about Newton. No, seriously, what do you got going on, man? Oh, I just finally bought hockey gear, and I'm going to go play some hockey in the morning. Nice. I've, been meaning to do it. I've been meaning to do it for years, and so I ran into a kid at the bar again yesterday. I didn't even recognize him, but then I was like, his, he needed to refill. I'm like, hey, you, you want another beer? And I, and I look at him like, wait. Did we play hockey together in high school? And he's like, ah, yeah, we did. That's badass. Like, and then, um, so yeah, I'm going to join a little beer, join a little beer league and finally start playing hockey again. Nice. Good for you. How long? Position? Yeah. D. Yeah. Nice. nice. How long did you nice. play before in high school? My, just whole, like- my whole life. Oh, no shit. Oh, really? Yeah. God, this whole long we've known each other. I'd never do that. Huh? Yeah. Wow. It's captain of my hockey team and everything. Nice, man. Well, yeah. who said you can't pick up that old thing? That's like music, man. I played drums for years, and I always think, fuck, you know, should I pick it back up again? And then I lose track, and then I don't. So there's that. But I did enjoy it for quite some time. So, yeah. you know, there's that. Good for you, man. That's awesome. Thanks. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, yeah, you should be. That's cool. You got to send pictures when you get your first black eye or your first fight. You know, that's <laughs> badass stuff there. Uh, it's just a beer league. I don't think anybody takes it that seriously. <laughs> you don't think so? Yeah. That's funny. Nah, everyone's too old to take it that seriously. Right. Yeah, we right. all know we're not going pro. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> but that's what makes it fun, though. It's kind of like joining a softball league. I was in a softball league for like two years, and I it was fucking cool. We just sat around, drank beer, and, you know, played games, and usually won. It was fun. Yeah. It wasn't too bad. And it's good exercise, you know. I'm like, this is the great have fun and exercise and it doesn't feel like exercise. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. Better than sitting on a treadmill or whatever. Yeah. Get my fat ass on the ice again. Yeah. Good. We definitely need more than that. I, the only exercise I got any more than walk in the neighborhood. I try to do a few times a week is uh, I put the Oculus on and play like supernatural. That's not really exercise, but I enjoy it. And you know, I can do it on a mountaintop. So yeah, there's that. Well, as long as you're moving around, which actually kind of, you know, leads me to my first story. Nice. You know, I guess I'll just kick this off. Yeah. uh, yeah. How binge watching. Yeah. Thank you. uh, How binge watching too much TV can kill you. Uh Oh, so uh, Josh, he's talking to you and me. Everybody's fucked. And also (laughs) me. Uh, This is from Christopher playing from my favorite website, the debrief. So watching television for more than four hours a day increases the likelihood of fatal blood clots by more than 35% compared to watching for less than two and a half hours a day, a new study says. Also, being more physically active overall doesn't seem to reduce the risks of these long TV watching sessions, but breaking these sessions up with some minimal activity may minimize or even remove the risk entirely. Oh. So I feel like four hours a day watching TV. That's a that's a lot of TV. That's of. a lot of TV. I don't think you I even think, do that. And then you like crank through four episodes of something without even noticing. That is very uh, true. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. when I think about that, I'm like, nah, I can I, I've done watch that. four hours of TV <laughs> yeah, yeah, easily, for sure. easily. What is it specifically about TV though? Because like I also sit in front of a fucking screen all day. Yeah. Well, so basically, um, I think it probably has to do with like you can correlate that into just like it um just being immobile yeah um because in this uh they talk about so um unfortunately such long duration tv sessions may increase the potential for forming venomous thrombolism thrombolism vte known more commonly as blood clots which can Hmm. put a serious damper on any viewing marathon you think so basically um Prolonged TV viewing involves immobilization, which is a risk factor for VTE, said lead author Dr. Sitor Knutzer of the University of Bristol in a press release announcing the new study. This is why people are encouraged to move around after surgery or during a long-haul flight. So it's basically anytime okay. you're just immobile for that long. Long story short, he's basically saying every half an hour, um, kind of get up, walk around, just get your something. body moving because he says that when you're in and when you're immobilized like that and your body's not moving like in a long haul flight or I guess watching TV, your blood tends to like collect mm-hmm. on these certain places and it's not really circulating. Um, mm. And also he says, um, yeah. So he says, uh, according to Knutsor, uh and his team can, uh, wait, oh, crap. Where am I? Yeah. 
the thing I hate about the debrief is you're reading it and then all of a sudden like an ad changes How, and yeah, the I screen know, just like immediately shoots up. So <laughs> yeah, you're trying like to read it. Yeah. Based on a word doc or something. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Uh, so according to Knut, sir, the risk exists because when one sits in a cramped position for long periods, blood tends to pool in your extremities rather than circulating, which can cause blood clots. Uh, also, he says binge watchers tend to eat unhealthy snacks, which may lead to obesity and high blood pressure, which mm. both raise the likelihood of blood clots. I see that. Um, and he says like... Uh, like essentially, you know, if you work out a ton, it doesn't really matter if you don't ever like get up in between your viewing sessions or whatever. So, you know, I don't think as much TV as much as just like your position. I, I knew a guy and he almost lost his legs like no shit. And and so and I can't and Josh, you're familiar with this. Like I spend 80 percent of my time. I'm in front of the computer and I try to get up, you know, walk around, whatever. But he had the doctor prescribed him because he's getting blood clots in his legs. And and it was a certain kind of sock, like it was a compression sock yeah. that he would wear, and that would help his blood flow because he was stuck on the computer and he was stuck just sitting down all fucking day, and that's what happens, you know? Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. So you know, every half an hours, he says, if you're <laughs> going to binge t- binge on TV, you need to take breaks, stand and stretch every thirty minutes, or use a stationary bike. Also, avoid combining television with unhealthy snacking. And to that, I say, you know, give me snacking or give me death. Yeah, just, uh, I feel <laughs> that's part of that. I, I definitely we probably my entire lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I'm sure ninety percent of our listenerage feels attacked right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it is a good, you know, just get up, stretch a little bit, and uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah. yeah, I get I just it. Thought that was interesting. That's a weird st- study. Hmm. Well, and it makes uh, you wonder too. Like, okay, how much money went into the study, and how long did it last? Like, some of these studies I come across, I'm like, really? You guys took um, your time for this? They the results of three previous studies were combined to tease out the preferred information. All told, metadata from over 130,000 human subjects were analyzed, specifically those without previous VTEs, offering the researchers a massive data pool from which they could reach their conclusions. Uh, Combining multiple studies in a meta-analysis provides larger sample and makes the results more precise and reliable than the findings of an individual study, said Knutzer. Uh, the study also took into account each subject's BMI, age, sex, and physical activity, all factors that can affect heart health and VTE risk. Interesting. Ah, okay. Huh. So the, so the more you know. That. The more you know, exactly. And, you know, especially now, here's the thing. Like, in this day and age and the environment we're in, oh, man, I can see, definitely see that as a problem. And I'm sure maybe it's been a problem I'd be curious on like the last like two years if it's been worse. You know what I mean? I'd be kind of surprised if it wasn't. Yeah, yeah uh, I mean, for sure, definitely with the dawn of you know streaming. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, at least uh, you know back in the day, if you had a good DVD collection, you'd watch a DVD and be done with it. Be like, all right, you got to get up, change it out, <laughs> yeah. look in your thing for another one. <laughs> That's your exercise right there. All right, let's watch this movie that I've seen a thousand times. All right, L.A. Story with Steve Martin. Get to watch it again. Yeah. (laughs) That's just fucking funny. Interesting, man. Goddamn. Hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, not any uh, earth-shattering news there, but I just thought it was interesting. No, but we're here to provide health information as well, as much as we can, to our listeners. So, there you go. There's that. And I feel like it's just relevant because I've watched more TV in the past two years than... I, you know, I know, I likewise, have. likewise. Mm-hmm. Like, I never thought I'd be stuck to a screen as much as I have been, but it's like, what else are you going to do? But, you know, it takes you all to figure out that you can do more. It just, you know, you got to think out of the box a little bit. So, for mm-hmm. sure. What do you got, Josh? Oh, let's let's open up the tiny rectangle of misery and see. <laughs> mm-hmm. Leave it to you, buddy. Uh, yeah. So... All right, you guys, we have options. Do you want something lighthearted? Do you want something uh, doom and gloom? Or do you want something spacey? Hmm. Well, I got a spacey one. Maybe we do spacey on spacey with that sure, one. Sure, why not? Some spacey, right. and spacey crime. <laughs> um, so uh, this from The Independent. Trent Krim, The Independent. Mm-hmm. Um, a black hole is giving birth to stars, NASA finds. 
So, uh, in a dwarf galaxy, there's a, they've done a study, and uh, this study shows that black holes are not always the violent and destructive objects that are that they are usually known as. Instead, they appear to be able to create stars, not just eat them. Hmm. Uh, NASA's Hubble telescope not, uh, spotted one black hole in the galaxy known as Henze 210, which is 30 million light years away. God, this thing has so many ads. That's it. <laughs> as well, yeah, yeah, just uh, just down the road. Um, as well <laughs> as suggesting that black holes can be more productive than we realized, the new research might also help us understand where supermassive black holes originally come from. Amy Raines, uh, the researcher who published the first evidence of a black hole in the galaxy in 2011, was also the lead scientist on the newspaper. On the newspaper? On the new paper. Jeez, I need to get my glasses checked. <laughs> <laughs> From the beginning, uh, I knew something unusual and special was happening in Henze 210, and now Hubble has provided a very clear picture of the connection between the black hole and a neighboring star-forming region located 230 light-years from the black hole, she said. A paper describing the findings, black hole triggered star formation in the dwarf galaxy Henze 210, great title, is published uh, today in Nature. In bigger galaxies, uh, material that falls towards the black hole is torn up by its magnetic field, which creates uh, blasts of plasma that move at almost the speed of light. Any gas cloud that is caught in that jet would be heated to uh, too much to ever create stars. Scroll. Wow. There we go. Technology. Sorry, independence mobile website sucks. Um... The black hole in the dwarf galaxy Henze 210 is smaller, and the material that flows out of it does does so more gently. However, that means that the gas was compressed in the right way to help form stars, not stop them from doing so. At only 30 million light years away, Henze 210 is close enough that Hubble was able to capture both images and stereoscopic evidence of a black hole outflow very clearly. The additional surprise was that rather than suppressing uh, star formation, the outflow was triggering the birth of new stars, said Zachary Shute, Rain's graduate student and lead author of the new study. Crazy. Oh, interesting. I always wonder, where do they come up with those names at? They, they're so fancy, aren't they? <laughs> FB2N. <laughs> Just crazy. Um, hold on. I think that might be it, but this thing is doing the same thing the debrief was doing, but way oh, worse. Yeah. <clears throat> debrief is awful and it's just on the debrief it's just tucker carlson fox nation advertisements oh are you serious <laughs> yeah. jesus I'm like ugh. Yeah. yeah you're probably getting shown that because you're in utah <laughs> oh more likely never thought about that <laughs> okay that's why i do pocket fellas it takes all that stuff out uh, the new study of the black hole by Hubble could also help provide better detail on how such supermassive black holes are formed because it has stayed small. It could, God damn it, of what other now bigger black holes looked like when they were younger and how they might form and grow. The era of black holes is not something that we have been able to see, so it really has become a big question. Where did they come from? Dwarf galaxies may retain some memory of the black hole seeding scenario that has otherwise been lost to time and space, uh, said Reigns in a statement. And I'm going to leave it there because whether there's more to this story or not, yeah, it's I just can't like yeah, so no hard shit. to this website right now. Well, not only, remember the first picture that they actually, was it what, three, I want to say three years ago, four years ago, that was a bla the first actual picture of a black hole. And it was like this tiny little gray, like it looked, like it was taken yeah, with nineteen seventies like Polaroid. Yeah, it didn't look like nothing. You know, and now here we are. You know, it just yeah, it just amazes me. And I think more to learn with that whole stuff. Um that is my lead into this actually, because this is I've been following this for a bit, but I didn't know that we were upon this time frame. And this is pretty fucking cool because it's just technology and what we're doing. Like every day we find more planets and even amateur uh, astronomers are finding planets out there where they go, oh, look, da, da, da. And then they, you know, confirm it. And then, yeah, the, the things every day that we're finding. But here's what uh, money and I guess knowledge would do for you. NASA's James Webb Space Telescope has reached its destination. Now what? Did you guys know about that? You knew they were building that, right? Yeah. This huge yeah, new... Yeah, it's basically the new and improved Hubble. 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but new and improved is a massively said understatement for sure. Uh, so on January 8th, 2022, arguably humankind's greatest engineering achievement came to fruition about a half a million miles behind our planet. After 20 years of development, 10 billion spent, and 14 nail-biting days of exquisite high-tech origami in space, I shit you not, this is what it says, uh, the James Webb Space Telescope was fully deployed. So th- it just, and again, this whole thing is just crazy. Um, it launched from the Guana Space Center in French Guana on Christmas Day. Uh, folded up in a tiny little Arian A5 rocket. Engineers remotely controlled 50 moving parts and 178 release pins. Everything had to happen correctly in sequence to put Webb in its final configuration, and it worked. So when this episode drops, it's going to be about a week out, uh, but basically Monday, January 24th, 30-day journey into space. Uh, it arrived to its destination, and here's the clinch of that whole thing. Webb is the biggest and most advanced space observatory ever constructed. About 100 times more powerful than Hubble, Webb is the size of a 70-foot tennis court. Its massive 21.6-foot primary mirror uh, to Hubble's 8-foot, evidently, primary mirror, is made from super-strong beryllium and comprises 18 hexagonal segments. All telescopes are time machines, which we know. So, you know, when you're looking up in the sun, even the sun is, what, 8 minutes to 20 seconds behind what we see. You know, we, when it, by the time it gets to us, Fuck kind of the same yes, thing. Son. Well, but here's the cool thing. This is why they work so hard to get it where it's at. Because uh, it says, and it, uh, the very oldest light in the universe emitted soon after the Big Bang, 13.8 billion years ago, when the first stars and galaxies formed, has been stretched by the expansion of the universe, so it is deeply red. So red, in fact, that it falls off the visible light spectrum entirely and into the infrared spectrum. Webb will be able to study those very first stars and galaxies a few hundred million years after the Big Bang, something no other telescope has been able to do, and that is why the Webb was built. So here's what's really neat. Uh, Although it's too small and dim to see with the naked eye, look out at night and you'll see the web that it's out there. And I saw a little graph that I can link you guys. And you can see it like it looks like a tiny little blip star. You barely recognize it. But it's there. Uh, It's currently in the constellation of Montesero, slightly east of Orion's belt. Webb is always going to be on the night side of our planet, so it can always get a clear, deep view of space. It has journeyed 1.5 million kilometers from Earth. And basically, it sets in between uh, the sun, the earth, and the moon, and it's behind it. All those are behind it at all times. So aiming at solar panels backwards while its mighty mirror simultaneously shielded from the sunlight by its five tennis court-sized sun shield panels. Uh, L2 is also a handy place because it's close enough to earth for us to maintain easy communications. Uh, and here's another cool thing about where it's at um, because of the gravity uh, where it sets with L2 in that area, it's a perfect where it just there's no, there's less interference in oh, that part of space. Oh, does the L stand much. for Lagrange? Uh, yes, point? correct. Yep, that is correct. Sorry, That's where it's there for a second. No, 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 you're, you're fine. That. Yeah, uh, so it basically, you know, we shot at a million something plus out there. This is what we're going to see. Uh, it's going to take... So it's not out of the box. You know, they got to build it, basically. They expect the first images to be kind of blurry. Uh, they're saying they're going to do effectively 18 images. They're going to calibrate it. They're going to go through them, make sure that, you know, it kind of works and builds up. And what they're guesstimating is by mid-March or thereabouts, engineers will take two months to point web at some bright stars to properly uh, acclimate and focus the telescope. Uh, it will actually be up and running. Uh, they're saying in the May time frame, where by May... We will be able to see things that we have never even thought that would ever be possible out there. And this thing is running four main science instruments on it, and uh, they run in temperatures of minus 370 degrees Fahrenheit. So, yeah, $10 billion telescope should do something, I would think. But, man, could you imagine? And here's the thing. Not only did we launch a Christmas Day, million-something-plus miles get it out there, but you still have communications with this thing, and literally they had to unfold it in like okay we fly drones halfway across the world to go do damage or destruction this is something totally different like it it just i don't know it's just me that's it's, my mind's blown crazy no my mind's blown by it too and the black hole it's just like Ugh. how have we figured out how to do this it's yeah. like yeah yeah 
It's like who thought I, of this I couldn't idea? Even do, I can't even do long division on a <laughs> piece of paper, and we're figuring out how to like make something, send it yeah. a million miles out, and like look into the past. I, I just like, I don't get I don't, it. Like yeah. I get the words you're saying, and I get it, but like I don't get it at all. Oh, like, it like, blows my. I'm, I'm the same like, way. It's like when the wife says, "Did you separate the whites and the colors?" Shit. No, I did it. We can't even get that down, let alone this, you know. I saw a post on, like, Twitter, Instagram right after it launched, um, and they were like, the first pictures are back from the James Webb telescope, and it was, like, a picture that you would get if you uh, if you took a picture with the lens cap still on. Like it said, remove cap to use camera or something like that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it was fucking funny. You had That's one hilarious. job. Yeah. Come on, Clyde. <laughs> on, what the hell were you doing over there, dude? Yeah, well, I'm interested. I'm excited to see what like what it brings back. You know? Oh yeah. No, I mean, so I, are I they mainly just amazing. focused on looking in the past, or are they? Is it like potential like finding new planets? Or, well, from what or, I think, a little bit of both. I think systems, you know, or? they've got it set up to where again, you know, you find light that was created, you know, during the Big Bang, which you know, I mean. The, the Big Bang now is being rethought. Like, I mean, did the Big Bang actually happen? What did it look like? I mean, I and yeah. I guess even for me, and, and not to get too far off the thing, but I the Big Bang makes no fucking sense to me because I'm the guy that goes, but what was there before? There had to well, be something yeah. there I mean, before. I don't understand how you could say, bam, there's everything. Yeah, you know, so that's what it initially is for as it reads. And I think, you know, off of that, we're going to discover planets and, you know, things that we just never, we were never close enough to, to see, you know. Yeah. Shane, have I uh, took the time to tell you about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? I was just going to say. No, no, sir. <laughs> You're going to trap before, me Shane. right now? God, God was before. God, on that note, I think Jesus wants us to take a break. So we're going to take one. <laughs> and we worry to our news. Stand by, everybody. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality? Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. <laughs> so welcome back uh first news of season six and uh john i guess we'll throw it back in your court man all right well i'm gonna save the best for last so i'm not gonna do my favorite story yet but okay. here's another one uh study to begin searching for alien lasers freaking lasers lasers this is uh did i steal your story no i just oh. was like wait what okay <laughs> that headline's great yeah, so uh, Christopher playing again. So the search for extraterrestrial intelligence SETI is adding a new set of laser detectors to its arsenal, upping its array of tools in the search for signs of life beyond Earth. Designated to detect laser pulses originating from space, including those that may have been created by intelligent life, Laser SETI is the latest effort by a nearly 40-year-old organization more commonly known for searching the skies for extraterrestrial radio signals. Hmm. So SETI likely rose to its prominence. I'm going to skip all that. We were pretty familiar with yeah, SETI for the we most don't need part. Their life story. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what it kind of says is, uh, contact was kind of the movie that kind of like put SETI on the map for the general public. Um, yeah, but it's announcing the addition of a second laser detector to its extraterrestrial techno signature hunting arsenal. Laser SETI is a unique astronomy program designed to detect potential laser pulses originating from outside the solar system, the organization's recent press release explains. It is building a global network of instruments to monitor the entire night sky. Specifically, each hub in the Laser SETI arsenal will house two identical cameras rotated 90 degrees to one another along the viewing axis. Hmm. These cameras work by using a transmission grating that splits incoming light sources into spectra. According to the release, it can accomplish this feat over 1,000 times per second. 
Wow. Of course, stars emit light across a range of spectra, but the signals from alien lasers that SETI researchers are looking for should be confined to a specific spectrum, making them distinguishable from other interstellar phenomena. The first laser SETI detection array was installed at the Robert Ferguson Observatory in Sonoma, California. And while this second system was just set up last month in Hawaii at the... God damn it. The, come, on, <laughs> come on, you want to lay oh, me? Oh, boy. Island? The Haleakala Observatory. The hey. California cameras point west, while the new Haleakala cameras will point east, providing redundant coverage of the sky over the Pacific, quote-unquote. Um, they say, when you don't know where to look, an instrument with an enormous field of view in time range allows us to cover a lot more ground than ever before, said Elliot Gillum, principal investigator for Laser SETI. Um. They're attempting a big step forward in SETI, and uh, it's the first project in either optical or radio um, radio astronomy designed to cover the hmm. entire sky. Holy shit. Huh. Yep. Um, this also, they talk about, they mentioned Project Galileo a little bit. So regardless of one's disposition towards SETI or their methods, this increased effort to hunt for techno signatures is just the latest string of exciting efforts already underway. For instance, NASA's James Webb Telescope, like we just mentioned, a uh, number of researchers on the first of its kind infrared observatory will begin looking. And uh, Harvard's Avi Loeb is mounting Project Galileo, which is preparing. Uh, I hate this goddamn website. Preparing <laughs> <laughs> to use uh. telescopes to scan Earth's sky for potential alien techno signatures. Furthermore, recent reports of findings in our own solar system, along with plans for an array of tantalizing missions by the world's space agencies, have added even more fuel to the extraterrestrial life hunting fire. Hmm. So, man, I hope, wow. you know, in the next five years, we get some, like, just, just a clear-ass picture of a spaceship from a different I mean, right? dimension or time or yeah. some solar system. You know, with all of these things searching for them now, yeah, and like and like legitimate scientists, like you know, taking it seriously, yeah, yeah, throwing yeah. their hat in the ring, or yeah. even just some techno signatures that are like these are definitely not natural would be pretty fucking cool. Yeah, and you can't prove yeah. anything else. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean that oh. shit. That's all I want. It's not but, much. I mean, a nice crystal clear picture would just be would be better. <laughs> yeah, like, I get like the tr three B picture, but like definitely not fake. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> you mean the opposite of that. That's what we <laughs> yes. need. Fucking insane. Oh, geez. All uh, right, you guys. It's time. Uh, everybody gather around. It's time for uh -oh. Uncle Stoli's Doom and Gloom. Oh, shit. Um, I got to actually have a couple of these, but we're just going to start with one and see where it goes. <laughs> um, Shane actually sent this one over. So here's a really funny thing it's from Lad Bible, which is. Not where I go for news, <laughs> honestly. Um, really? But their Why? website is much more functional than the independent where I would go for news. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, so this is by Claire Reed. Um, and the headline is, uh, scientists used a computer to predict exactly when society would collapse. Uh, back in the 1970s, scientists used computer modeling to predict when the fall of society would kick off. And according to their findings, you might not want to make any long-term plans. Yeah. Uh, scientists from MIT looked at data patterns from a variety of different factors, such as population, natural resources, and energy usage to find out when we'd experience full societal collapse. The prediction made by the researchers was that this fall of society would hit near the midpoint of the 21st century, 2040, to be exact. Oh, so right I like there. how specific they are. That's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. At least I can stop worrying about whether <laughs> whether I'll be able to save enough money to buy my own place one day. That's in the article, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I, I feel you, lady. I feel you. Um, oh, this is coming from the Lad Bible. Yeah, That's nice. Yeah, this They're all little comments. Like Nineteen years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, 
So anyway, uh, the team's study, which was published by Club of Rome, which I have never heard of, uh, identified upcoming limits to growth that would cause the industrial collapse, which kind of tracks economically because like, uh, mm-hmm. so what this late stage capitalistic model is obsessed with is infinite growth and you just can't fucking get that. You know what I mean? No, like, no especially every big yeah. corporation wants to grow 10% every year at least whether it's market share whether it's sales whether it's whatever but like it is a finite market you know what i mean mm-hmm. so like, like eventually that has to stop yeah 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 if that's yeah. the only if that's what you consider success and and you put that even above like profitability or like uh you know other also positive economic factors but nothing sounds as good to investors as growth um like for instance um if you were a business like say target and you decided that uh you know what our we, we don't care about growing our market share we feel like we're pretty big in the marketplace so what we're going to focus on is profitability you could sell the exact same dollars every year and as long as all your other costs don't change you're going to stay profitable mm-hmm. you're still going to make money you know just just not, not going to be so greedy about it yeah yeah, yeah. sustained so um so yeah anyway that tracks with late stage capitalism that eventually we're just going to burn ourselves out and there's going to be nothing left. Um, and that that limit of growth is what would cause the industrial collapse, which, you know, then the economic collapse. And then you look at like how most people, not just in America, but in like modern Western society in general, don't have more than like a few days worth of food in their fucking house or available. You know, we're all like 21 meals away from fucking eating each other alive basically i 100 percent don't have anywhere near 21 meals in I, my house. yeah there's there's yeah. no way and i got a <laughs> freezer full of meat and there's still not 21 maybe yeah 10 maybe and i feel like i'm prepped so yeah well 21 is like three meals seven days basically yeah basically oh what yeah, yeah. Shit, that seemed is. even more than that's even yeah, worse well, <laughs> yeah and, and so like what all that boils down to, and this is all just stuff from like watching way too many fucking prepper shows is whatever your, uh, cup of choice is for how you think the collapse is going to happen or come, whether you think it's going to be, you know, attacks from foreign enemies or economic collapse or fucking whatever. At the end of the day, if it happens abruptly, we're all fucked because nobody is prepared for it. Yeah. You know, so you start crazy ass. Start eyeballing your dogs to see which one has more fat. Yeah. Well, and it's like the only people that are prepared for it are the same people that are like, I could live in this bunker for 10 years, but then couldn't fucking stay in it for six weeks when the pandemic started, you know? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> however, at the time, the report uh, wasn't taken too seriously and did attract some ridicule. Remember, this came out in 1972. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was also right around the time that ExxonMobil realized that they were... Uh, Fuel crisis. No. Same the, time frame? They, I want to say it was Exxon. It might have been one of the other... Uh, big oil companies but they were the bell labs of energy and then they decided to cut off like they were working on renewables all this stuff Mm -hmm. and then they decided to cut all that shit out and just focus on oil and around that time they were like oh hey guess what we're gonna fucking ruin the world in 50 years if we uh keep at this and then they suppressed all that science Mm. and are still trying to suppress all that science so that's another reason Mm. what's that oh no nothing (laughs) oh that's a that's another reason why uh why the study was just basically ridiculed or ignored is because there was also already a concerted effort from the fossil fuel industry to discredit anything that was like anything we're, negative we're for scary yeah. times. Well, guys. of course. Yeah. 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 So, uh, before you start to, uh, sorry. So yeah, bef- before you start to feel smug and, uh, set up that lifetime ISA and, uh, in 2009, I don't know what an ISA is, but anyway, in 2009, a different team of researchers did a similar study, which was published by American Scientist, and concluded that the model's results were almost exactly on course some 35 years later. Um, in 2008, with a few appropriate assumptions, uh, it is important to recognize that its predictions have not been invalidated and, in fact, uh, seem quite on target. We're not aware of any model made by 
by economists that is as accurate over such a long uh, time span. Further to this, just last year, Dutch sustainability researcher Gaia Harrington also affirmed the somewhat bleak predictions made in the study. Uh, And her findings were about as grim as you can imagine, according to Harrington. Um, Current data aligns with the predictions made back in 1972 that had a worst-case scenario of uh, economic growth coming to a halt at the end of this decade and collapse around 10 years later. Uh, But before you decide to pack it all in, Harrington did have a bit of optimistic news. Uh, She told The Guardian, the key finding of the study is that we will have a choice to align with a scenario that does not end in collapse. With innovation in business, along with new developments by governments and civil society, continuing to update the model provides another perspective on the challenges and opportunities we have to create a more sustainable world. Uh, so maybe take a look at that ISA after all. I think an ISA <laughs> is some investment thing. I don't know. Uh, an ISA is an individual savings account, uh, and it's a useful way to build your savings or investments without worrying about tax, both now and in the future. Oh, oh, nice. Um, <laughs> I, I was thinking she uh, was just misspelling IRA, but okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> put simply, ISAs are a type of savings or investment account that shelters your nest egg from tax. Nice. Okay. Shit, I yes. should get one of those. Well, but, not yeah. that article. I think the moral to the story is like with that more recent study showing that we do have the opportunity to align with uh, a not fucking disastrous outcome. Everybody needs to be uh, voting progressive and doing everything they can in that route to like try and push our government away from the way it's operating right now and like focusing on infrastructure and, and the things that they always all run on, but never do anything about, you know? So yeah, but here's the can, thing, getting everybody on board with that. You don't need to get everybody on yeah. board. You just uh, need to get enough people on board. Yeah, true. Yeah. And then, the, and then the people that are in the way can have their own little fucking section of the world that's polluted as fuck and they can go live in it. Yeah. No, no, Kim. Yeah, I mean, interesting. I, you know, and again, doomsday. It's one of those things where, yeah, no, no, and in this day and age, and everything we're going through now, ooh, I don't know. Doesn't look like it's very, very positive. No, I, I read know? an art, a different article like a couple months ago that was like, yeah, they predicted collapse around twenty forty, but we're like ten years ahead of schedule. So, oh, good. Hey, at least we're yeah. we're ahead of schedule. Yeah, because I think that most recent study was done before, like the pandemic and all that kind of all the kind of things that have pushed a lot of the uh. economic, uh, the way that our economy functions kind of over the edge. So, like most businesses do uh, just in time um, uh, restocking, and that's yeah, why yeah. all your shelves are empty at your grocery stores and shit is because they don't have more in the back. Their whole goal is to sell out by the end of every day. Right. And then get and then get that replenished. But now that everything's stuck in the fucking port and all that kind of shit, it's just delayed all of those supply chains and, and um and it's just kind of like building up like feedback in the system. Um and there's a good chance it's gonna fucking break. Well, not only that, but I mean then you add like natural disasters or just weather to it. I I mean like I know here we got nailed with a really, really bad storm. Like we've got it hadn't snowed as much as it did on any of the passes for the like the last 30 something years and in the whole time i've lived in seattle barring you know salt lake i was there for what four years guys something like that but you know most I, 96 navy dropped me off in washington state and i just kind of stayed and i lived on the coast and i lived over here um i've never seen every single pass shut down but we got so much snow that it was literally dangerous for the plowers to do anything so they shut everything down for like four days and mm-hmm. you go to the grocery store and there's like literally no chicken not chicken breasts, not chicken wings, not so there's just no chicken. Because the guy hauling the chicken is sitting in the Motel 6 in Montana waiting for the passes to open up. So, you know, a yeah. little bit of everything yeah. there, you know. It's, it's just wild. Um, cause and effect, <laughs> you know. So, crazy. Well, you know, knock on wood. I mean, like I said, we have the ability to change and think better. Um, we'll, well see. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, at my job, I have to review, like, the national weather kind of basically – we review it almost daily depending on the time of year. Yeah. Yeah. For um, your supply just, chain, just things. for logistics purposes yeah. like that, you know, and, uh, over the last five years, I'd say at least once a winter, there's like a deep freeze and a big ass snowstorm in the deep South where there never used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Texas. Their whole grid got knocked out. What last year? 
you know, oh, yeah, completely, was, completely out. That but, was insane. Yeah. Well, here's some good news for you. Um, I mean, that's, Ew. you know, not great. I know I'm going to bring this up just a, just a smidge, but here, um, baby pronounced dead. Oh, wait, there's yeah. more. There's more to it. Hold on. Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, but there's more? There's Hold on, more. Let me cue up the aborted fetus. <laughs> yeah, right. Jesus Christ. Baby pronounced dead starts to cry on way to cemetery. I, this is more of a, like a, I want to say jovial for our podcast compared to what you just covered, Josh, but <laughs> I find this very interesting um, because, you know, this weird shit happens even to this day and age, you know, granted this is, you know, um, not necessarily United States, but so a mother, father in Turkey were left shocked after their son who was pronounced stillborn by doctors began crying on his way to the cemetery. Uh, Malik Sert, 32, and her husband, Hassan Sert, 34, told the local media about the incident. Uh, five months pregnant, uh, she was stillborn on January 2nd. She was given a death certificate and a small funeral bag by the Sihan State Hospital. And uh, according to a report by the Anadolu Agency, the father then took the baby to the Herakli Neighborhood Cemetery to bury him. Hassan Sert said he drove to the cemetery and began to hear the baby cry. He then unzipped the bag and called emergency services immediately. So evidently, they didn't make the right research there. Uh, took off his jacket, wrapped around the baby, and put the baby by the car heater. Uh, was taken to the city training research hospital and treated in the intensive care unit. Uh, she said, after the day after, we went to the hospital again on New Year's Eve with the same complaint. Um, or not same complaint, same complaint with the baby, just a check on it. And the, the baby actually seemed like it was coming up, and it spent, what, three and a half weeks incubation, and now the baby's home with the family. So that's cool. what kind yeah. of incompetent fucking doctors are they working with over the, at that hospital? You know, and it reminds me of like, remember the old fashioned fucking like back in the turn of the century where, you know, people would be like buried alive because they just, they, yeah, you know, and, and so they decided <laughs> to put little bells I'm and like, shit. did they have a little bell on in the yeah, body yeah, bag yeah. or the coffin or something? Yeah. Like? But I mean, again, it's, it's kind of, you know, far flung story, but I thought it was kind of, I don't know. It's like, eh, at least something good came of it. You know, could you imagine the whole thing? It's just like, Ah, I don't know. Fucking crazy. Well, sorry, baby. You got another 10 years before the world's gone to shit. So. Yeah, exactly. Don't listen to Josh <laughs> over here. Jesus Christ. I got another short one here. Speaking of death, because uh, we talked about this. We actually had um, we had the mortician on, you know, what, two season four, I want to say. Uh, yeah, and it was then, a while ago. Yeah, it was Some a while ago. ago. But it was neat. It was really cool. And it, it she got me on the thought, even way back when. Like, I always said, okay, you'd be cremated because that's the best way to go. Why are you going to be buried in the ground? You're What a waste of space. It makes no sense. And she said, oh, there's this new technique. Da, da, da. Well, here's even a new technique. Um, there are multiple alternatives to what's going to happen to your remains after you're dead. Everyone's familiar with the burials and cremation. So here's a little fact with cremation that I did not know of because I, I knew it takes a lot of energy, but I didn't think to this point. Uh, cremation is a method of disposition of a dead body through burning it. So cremation is often considered an environmentally friendly alternative to traditional burial practices. But burning dead bodies to ash requires immense energy to fuel the fire and pumps out millions of tons of carbon dioxide annually. I just didn't think millions of tons was the actual number, but I, I mean, I guess if you think how many people around the world die... You know, so there's yeah, that. shit. I never really thought about that side of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you're in, like, in, okay, in um, like places in India and stuff, uh, it, they they don't go to the crematorium. They just build a funeral pyre like in a certain section Outside. of the city, and it's just an yeah. open wood flame. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and what's horrible too is when the COVID cases were stocking up. They like mm-hmm. literally were having funeral pyres in like parking lots. Like they didn't have the land to do them in it, it, it just i couldn't even imagine being like you live in a city and that's all you smell <laughs> because that's what's happening I, it just eh, anyway yeah crazy but here is a new method in case you guys are wondering which you're probably not but i'm gonna tell you anyway so another method called aquamation uses alkaline hydrolysis to dispose of human and or animal remains of set of fire the process is also known as bio cremation resumation flameless cremation and water cremation just in case you know the first one didn't you weren't alike to so um very eco-friendly the procedure is it your body's placed inside a pressurized vessel filled with mixture of water and potassium hydroxide and heated to around 200 degrees um, as the water pressure in the container increases, the solution breaks organic matter over several hours instead of boiling. The process liquefies everything except the bones, which are then dried in an oven and reduced to white dust, placed in an urn, 
they give them to the relatives. So aquamation also leaves behind 32% more remains of the body compared to cremation. So, you know, the box might be a little bit more. But compared to what it is, uh, 90% less energy than flame cremation and does not emit any harmful greenhouse gases. So... In case That's you're wondering cool. how you want to die, yeah. yeah, I'm like, you know, death is inevitable, right? We all, we're all going to go through it, so why not think no. about how we're going to go through it, you know? I wonder how much more expensive that is than yeah, that's standard cremation or yeah. just being buried in a box. But you know what? If I have my way to do it, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to donate my body to one of the... You guys ever hear those uh, the forensic farms? You hear about these things? Oh, oh where, are they the places yeah. where they bury cadavers and shit? Yeah, and, and then like, they have like... Dogs. Yeah. Or like train uh, like detectives and stuff. They'll go there. Mm-hmm. And like, like how long does it take for it to break down different organics, mm-hmm. different woods yeah, versus cool. I'm like, yeah, why I mean, not donate to it? Say, you know? Toss me out in the woods and <laughs> that's watch so, what happens. I was literally just about to say, <laughs> take me up in a skydiving plane, throw my lifeless body out of a skydiving, out of a skydiving plane mm-hmm. into the Uintas and then just let the animals do, yeah. do its do its thing yeah i mean that's eat highly illegal animals. but yeah you could do that eat my ass and <laughs> other things yeah hopefully my yeah. ass first so yeah, or if- <laughs> that's yeah. funny anyway so yeah those are um yeah interesting for news uh i've got a couple more but i'm gonna save mine for patreon if you guys are good do you guys each have like a one story for patreon members at all yeah Cool. Yeah, I mean, this is my this is the most interesting story of all. So yeah. Oh well, there you go. Sorry, uh, regular listeners. You that know. works. Screw you. Yes. You guys don't get it, and patrons get it. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, this is our monthly news. In case you are new listeners, um, we do this once a month. We just kind of rotate through, you know, weird stories, technology, things that fascinate us. Doesn't always have to be weird and odd and bizarre, but you know, sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. I find that most of the time we kind of go towards the space and things like that because it, it's just fucking interesting. So you know, that's what we like it to is talk about. Yeah, for sure. So uh, tune in for that, and if you guys have any updates or you catch like a new article and you know it's close to our rotation throw it our way let us know you can actually email us at strangeuncles at gmail.com um, or you can call us if you're daring and brave and you don't mind putting your voice on voicemail at 801-252-69 shane did not put that on for the i new did not season. put that on 65 uh, 45 no i did not put that on for the new <laughs> season as of yet one of these days one of these days uh so anyway um socials how are we looking there oh we're looking about how we normally look we are at strange uncles podcast on facebook and instagram we're at strange uncles on twitter we have a youtube channel um yeah yeah looking good find us cool yeah come find us uh, we're everywhere DM us. one of us might answer yeah, Maybe. exactly, exactly. Um, we have a write-up that's coming up. Actually, we have a couple. So, Josh, you're in the middle of a book uh, that you'll finish someday. i am got a bu- very interesting fella that we're going to talk about, and actually one of our Patreon listeners uh, recommended it. He says, I'd love you guys to talk about this because it's very interesting. I love the book, and so that's the one I'm reading, and we'll throw that out there. So we got a couple special you know, uh, requests, I guess, if you will. And we'll throw that out for the season. But, uh, yeah, that's um, news for January in 2022. It's looking to be quite a fucking year with everybody dead. Meatloaf, Louis Anderson last week, Bob Saget. Uh, sorry to bring that up, but, man, it's not uh, it's not looking good. I had a buddy of mine in L.A. that was like, yeah, he says, this is kind of a of a, a famous killer for anybody that he says, we, we have to protect Tony Bennett. We cannot let him die. <laughs> Tony just, Bennett. He's yeah. like 150 fucking years old. He man. has a new album and he's like 89 or about 90. Tony Bennett. I don't the last know. 30 years. I don't know. Well, who thought about meatloaf except for me? Cause I just was a fan, you know, love the guy. That's so weird to me that meatloaf has fans. Is it really? You yeah. were never bad out of hell, dude. Nineteen seventy eight. Have you heard that record? That record is horrendous. Oh, you know what? Okay, so here's a story, and then we'll close because this is why it means so much to me. So I also have a story about bad out of hell. So oh, I'll, okay, all right. I'll let you go T- first. Tip for dad. I'll go first. So. I'm just gonna- fucking get out the popcorn <laughs> <laughs> so i never heard of this guy ever you know and i had the speech teacher matthew mcconaughey he's the one that got me into speech and got me into acting all this other shit um, but did you say matthew mcconaughey, matthew McConaughey? yeah oh what? doug mcconaughey sorry 
Matthew McConaughey. Jesus. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew McConaughey. Although you uh, stop stuttering. Although right. my uh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> my divorce lawyer was Tom Cruise. I don't know if that matters, but spelled differently. <laughs> but anyway, um, so he says, hey, no, you know, you got to check out the. I, I love this. His name's Meatloaf, and da da da. And you got to check this out. I'm like, you're a loser, Meatloaf. Whatever. So I went to Kmart when they existed at the time, the biggest department store in Hamilton, you know, of like 2,000 people. And I bought the cassette, Bad Out of Hell. And we had a game that day. So it was like Friday night. It was back at the school. We had a high school football game going on. And uh, I went there. And there's Mr. McConaughey. He was in the stands. And I had it in my pocket. I'm like, hey, Mr. McConaughey, I took your advice. I haven't listened to it yet. But, you know, here's a Bad Out of Hell. I just bought it. And his eyes got fucked there. Like he opened the best Christmas present ever. And he goes, Oh, come with me. And we went out of the stadium into the parking lot. And now that I'm thinking about it, probably not the greatest thing to do with your teacher as like a sophomore, but you know, different times, different days, went to his car, little piece of shit on Accord. He put in the cassette and it was bad out of hell. And he blared. And when I say rays of Altman blared the stereo, I mean, maybe it was, 10 decibels for a Honda Accord back in like, well, I mean, he probably, he probably cranked <laughs> yeah. those Honda Accord speakers. Too. Oh yeah. 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 Blew them, blew them right out the door. And yeah. he sat there and was just, and I, I was more excited of just watching the, the look on his face and how he was acting than anything. And I just kind of was like, man, this guy's a thing. And so I, I don't know. I started listening to meatloaf and I dug it. And then, you nice. know, Todd Rundgren and all that other stuff. And I was like, cool. You know, this guy's got something. So, you I know, mean, that's my yeah, story. I mean, you know, different strokes. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's, he, you know, if it makes you happy, then that's awesome. But uh, my dad and I were, for some reason, he was taking me to Fort Bridger in Wyoming one time from Salt Lake. And we were driving in his truck and we stopped at a gas station and we're looking at the cassettes and, either he just bought bad out of hell or like we both agreed. Cause I'm like, Oh, the bad out of hell is such a cool cover. I'm like, that cover looks rocking. Like yeah. this looks like a Metallica <laughs> or something like this is going to be awesome. And we get in the truck driving my dad and I, we put in the cassette and I was just like, what the fuck <laughs> is this? <laughs> I was like, this isn't rocking at all. And I was you got <laughs> fucking played son. I got meatloafed. <laughs> you got meatloaf. That's and, fucking uh, hilarious. I don't. I, I I had probably been like eight years old or something, but like I was just like, this is not rocking at all. That and I was so mad because the cover was so cool. I'm like, this music does not sound like that cover. Like that cover, yeah, yeah, yeah. at all. This false advertising. We wasted <laughs> our money on this crappy C or cassette. And ever since then, I'm like, man, fuck me, love. That's he made he was hilarious. great. He was great in Fight Club. I'll give him that. Yeah, you know, I don't remember him in Fight Club. I remember in Wayne's World when he was Bob like had the fucking. Tits. Yeah, he was I, huge. I don't know if I ever saw Fight Club. Maybe I didn't. Was that uh, Brad Pitt? You, right. Yeah, you would have to remember Meatloaf and Fight Club if you saw Fight Club. Okay, I didn't see Fight Club. First no. rule of remembering Fight Club is. <laughs> Is knowing meatloaf is in Fight Club. Is <laughs> knowing meatloaf is in Fight Club. Well, and I didn't know this either. But do you know that uh, you know who's married to Meatloaf's daughter? Which I didn't. Scotty know? and Scotty and off Anthrax. I was like, yeah, I didn't know that. It's fucking badass. Yeah. So yeah. you know, no, so the rule, the moral of the story is, listeners, that no matter what side you come, all of us at least ate or heard meatloaf at one time in our life. I feel so, depending on what version it was. So, yeah, you know, I just figured you, you're going to name yourself meatloaf. I'm like, okay, why not popsicle for fuck's sake? I just, I always, I never got that either, but no, nah, whatever. Teach your own. I mean, apparently from, apparently from Scotty and he was a great guy. And so, you know, yeah. I, you know, yeah. no disrespect to, to the man. Nope. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. He had his political uh, views were a little fucked, but nah, whatever. You know, we all God, do. Who's so, but yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do at the end of the day? But yeah. anyway, and you yeah. know, it's funny is actually Norma Jean, took a sample of a meatloaf show. Cause he was like very performance arty. Mm-hmm. He was. Um, and he has a really cool, like we sampled it during our live shows. Oh, that's just cool. some really weird. Like, I don't know. It was like, a great like sample. his was, dead. I, I loved, I loved when that sample came on in between show, like yeah. in the set, like, cause it was just so weird and so cool. And it was just like, 
I don't know what the hell. Yeah, despite what you think about music, him and Todd Rundgren and everybody he ran with, they, they're beyond their times, like back in the day. You know, you never heard shit like that in 78. It just, you know, yeah. was a thing. So, but <clears throat> You I never heard it. shit like that ever. No, yeah, right, for, for <laughs> sure. So, so, I mean, I guess that's cool in a way, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. Rip, and, and again, Louis Anderson, too, and Bob Saget. You know, we'll see how the year goes. And but, Betty uh, White. And Betty White, shit. Like, we talked about that the whole, yeah, it, it's been a fucked year. We'll... <laughs> We'll see what happens. We'll continue. All right. Well, anyway. strangers, don't go dying on us. Yeah, don't go dying on us, especially if you like meatloaf. Yeah, stick around for a little bit. I probably love meatloaf more than the food as well. So there's that. Um, if you're a Patreon member, stand by for more news. Uh, if you're a regular listener, love you guys. Peace. Close the gates. Goodbye. Goodbye.